now live and on lockdown. Are you ready? Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland and across the globe. Listen here. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast on Hearts on Live Radio with your host, Fraser Ramsey. Hi, this is Afia Letha from KingdomBeats.com. Proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders on HeartsongLive.co.uk. We got help, so I press my buttons correctly. Good evening and welcome to addition to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders on HeartsongLive.co.uk, all the way from Edinburgh, Scotland. And my guest tonight is an ex-farman, and uh, he is. Let's just say the song I'm about to play to introduce the guy is. Let's say is. The song's title and his name as well, so you'll catch the drift. But I think it's just a nice, appropriate song to liven up a Saturday night. Uh, I'm just uh, trying to. Uh, I'm feeling a bit subdued after being in the gym today. I had to force myself to get back to the gym, and uh, if not, I was going to starting to get slightly more lazier and lazier as the time was going on. I thought if I don't get me backside into gear, I'm going to uh, start getting in a very dimmer spiral. So I'm glad I went to the gym. Got a, uh, it was a good, so I'll sleep tonight to say the least. But welcome, it's Saturday night. I'm going to do a slightly different structure to my usual shows uh, with my guests. Instead of talking about what they did in the past, I'm going to talk about what they did uh, today, what they're doing now, and then we're going to work backwards. But hopefully through their story and how their journey has changed their life, it's going to change your life and maybe you can relate to the, these guys, or the, the people who I interview. Um, you can interview relate to my guest and the end of the day is uh, if you want to connect with the guy and talk about stuff, or that's a way, the way to do it. So anyway, before we bring in my guest, let's kick off with this. I call you, I need you, my heart's on Come to me 
Welcome back to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders on Hearts and Live. You kind of beat about Tina Turner. I kick off a Saturday night with Simply the Best. And lo and behold, it takes me into my guest, Leyland Best. So welcome to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders and thank you for being a part of the show. My pleasure, Ramsey. It's always good to connect with you. So thanks so much for having me. Today. No, it's been it's been good fun. It's been, I know your schedule is as busy as, as it is as normal. It's, well, it's, it's a packed schedule you have, and uh, I'm glad that you've built it fit in, which is good. So let's uh, I'm as I say, my structure is going to be slightly different. I'm going to talk about what Leyland's doing now, and Leyland's going to talk about where he well, where he is from. But also, let's talk about what he's doing now and what he does. Uh, and obviously, we, he does a lot of live streaming and all that. So let's him let's him kick off with that. So fire away. Sure. Well, we can start off in any direction. Really, currently, I'm working with a team of individuals over on a page on Facebook, actually, known as Amy Carrier's Classroom. And that is a bunch of us from around the world. We've got people from uh, Southeast Asia, Pakistan, India, South Africa, Sweden, uh, I could name several, Israel, uh, Brazil, and several of us here in the U.S. that are mentoring students from around the world. Uh, I think we have 6,000 members currently in that group, but wow. we're just offering free and entrepreneurial skills, uh, mentorship from uh, several individuals like myself who just have a skill set that we feel is important for those uh, in the world today that aren't getting the education they want. Uh, we use the hashtag disrupt education. Other than that, I run my own website known as bcblive.com or Best Conceptions Broadcasting. And that kind of derived out of an older business we can talk about in a little bit. Uh, other than that, I wrote a book in 2017, which was my live guide for live video streaming. And since then, I'm, I've also dabbled in some uh, startups that are taking place in a number of different areas. So I'm kind of behind the scenes as a producer, mostly. Uh, but I do play host quite a bit now and then. And I have a show that I do Mondays and uh, get vocal at 12 p.m. Eastern known as Wake Up West Coast. It's lunchtime. So that's <laughs> what I've been up to lately. That's good. So what's your, I mean, do you have a goal that you want to do going forward? Do you have a, you, oh, I mean, you're gonna, I know you do a lot of stuff for free, but you're going to make money somehow. So how do you, what's your, have you got like a set goal in a couple of years time you want to do X or and Y, you know? Well, yeah, it, a lot of it stems from the fact that the startups I'm working on right now are more aimed toward passive growth and potential rather than having to be hands-on with the business all the time. Uh, one actually is involved in some ad-generated revenue through a video game process that we're building. Uh, another is through several larger corporation entities that are looking at advancing into 5G and LiWi. Uh, you guys are going to start seeing LiWi before many of us over there, which is the transmission of Internet signal through light-emitted uh, diodes. Ooh. So we're going to get some pretty cool stuff in the future. Uh, and besides that, I'm always going to dabble in... The, the broadcasting and thing. So I like to kind of produce my stream of income through the production end. Well, that's good. People, want to do a sh people who want to do a show come to me and say, how much do you uh, charge to do a one hour or half hour show? And I do all the behind the scenes work. So I'm like, like people are seeing you do from Facebook right now. Ah, that's way to folk on Facebook, like my royal way of, you know what I mean? So if you're on Facebook and you're watching, hello. And if you're listening to this, you're listening to my guest, Leland Best from... Michigan, get it right, not Michigan. Right. It looks like Michigan, but it's Michigan. <laughs> so get shot for the wrong spelling, wrong pronunciation. Um, but yeah, so um, everyone to, who's on Facebook, welcome. Uh, you're listening to my guest, Leland Best, all the way from USA, uh, Michigan. So, um, but yeah, so so what's your 
we were going to go down to about your other stuff in your life and the challenging stuff that you've been through and how. Uh, but what? What about your? You did. You, we're going to. We're going to do this backwards anyway. You you've gone down a bit of a spiritual a spiritual journey in your life. Um, yeah. So let's. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been you've dabbled. It's certainly in a conversation to solve, obviously prepping for uh, what we're going to talk about in this interview. I mean, you, a special journey that you've kind of gone, you've dabbled, you've kind of investigated just about everything possible, but you've decided on the one you've you 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 are now. So, talk about your journey that you kind of had went the road that you've gone down to sure. get to where you are now. This is usually one of those topics that not everybody's comfortable with talking about, but I've never really had much of an issue with it because my wife and I met, the, the woman I'm married to now, uh, met back in 2008 online, actually, on a dating site online. But the way I got to that uh, relationship was basically through the, the trail of hard knocks. And I had been DJing before I met Jenna. And at the time, I was uh, in my 40s, hanging around a much younger crowd, which was located in Saginaw, Michigan, up in the, the thumb pit, you might say, <laughs> what we call it on the map. Uh, but I was hanging around a lot of the, the local pubs there, DJing on a regular basis, and got tied up into a crowd which liked to dabble in drugs. And me in high school... I experimented with things like marijuana and cocaine, but never got into anything seriously troublesome and never got in any trouble for any of that stuff. Right. But as an adult, after a second divorce, found myself hanging around the wrong crowds and dabbled in crack cocaine for a period of time that lasted well over two and a half years. And in that regard, um, I, I basically lost myself. I, I realized that I couldn't control my own behaviors, my own life. Nobody knew what was going on. It was more of a closet thing than anything. And then I finally came out to a friend of mine and said, look, I've got a problem. I need help. And I didn't actually go to seek professional quantitative help that I could say I went to this place or that place. Uh, thankfully, I had enough ambition and willpower to help bring myself out of most of it, but then even had to come clean with my wife after we had married uh, right. In Kalamazoo, we were living together after uh, quite a journey with my children at the time. And I had to basically open up to my wife that, hey, we left that town for more than one reason. And one was to get away from the dealer that I would constantly appear in front of uh, over time. So I just found myself having to get away from a bad scenario. And when I did, my life changed. So there's there's a lot to that that brought us to a spiritual journey. And we talked a little about that, Fraser. So if yeah. you want to ask it specifics of that, well, go ahead. tell us. You've obviously, well, you, you, your current wife. You obviously you both went down the spiritual journey. So tell us how you both obviously talked about it, and you both uh, talk about your sort of backgrounds. I mean, you, whether you've been to church or what, not, or you've come out of church and you've gone down this road for this reason. Kind of guide us from the start of why you started both investigating a spiritual your journey and where you are now. To obviously just the road and sort of document it a little bit. Well, I found myself one night sitting on the couch, and it was after a night at the bar and smoking and drinking and drugging, and uh, I was literally laying there with my back against the wall, puking on myself. And oh, you're still there? Ooh. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry, I thought you'd uh, carry on. I thought you'd dropped off there. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> at that time, I knew I couldn't control myself, so. I was of the ilk. I had a Bible that my grandfather had given me when mm -hmm. I was a kid. 
It was a red-leathered Bible. And I'd never really opened it and read it. I'd played around in the New Testament a little bit, but I never really went from anything besides Genesis and, and Mark and Matthew here and there, just to, and Revelation, of course, to see what it was about. Well, when I met my wife online, Jenna, we, she was very spiritually oriented, and I was, there was a song in my head at the time. It was uh, The Eagles, Desperado. And if you're familiar with the song, it's about a man who's sitting on a fence and can't decide which way to go. So in that process, I learned that I was on that fence, and I had to decide which way I was going to go. And my introduction to Jenna was all based on scripture. She was basically talking testimonies to me through the word of God as she knew it as a Christian woman. And I was of the ilk that I was never taken to church much as an adult, but as a kid, I was always there because my grandfather was a fundamental Baptist. And my mother kind of separated herself from that and kept us not so much into church as she did in the house, uh, but always spoke of God and Jesus and that type of stuff to us. So one night we were sitting together, and it was a Christmas, the first Christmas we had together. And that evening we realized after we got in this tree, the next day all the needles were starting to fall off of it. And the story goes from that point on that we talked to the tree company. They'd never heard of such a thing with their trees. Nothing had ever happened like that. So we said, well, we trimmed the bottom of it. We put it in water. We've been, you know, we even added, uh, what was it at the time? I think it's bleach you can add to the, the tree as well to keep it from actually dying and building a sap over it. Okay. So this ended up turning into a fiasco because we returned the tree. They gave us the best tree they had, a Fraser fir. Okay. Believe it or not, even has, <laughs> has your name in it. So how, how ironic is that? We did the same process. Didn't add any chemicals to the tree this time. We just went ahead and tried to see if we'd messed up. The next day, the same thing started happening. The, the needles were literally falling off this brand new tree. The house wasn't that dry or anything, but it started to lead us to question things. And my wife, being someone who's done the gamut of different religious beliefs, uh, she was... Uh, Born and raised Christian, she was involved in the Seventh-day Adventist Church for a period, was in the New Age for a while. Uh, just a lot of things in her life that she experienced. So she mentioned, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but do you know about the origins of Christmas? So we talked about that, and we both went into tears when we realized that the stories we always hear aren't really true. And I don't mean just Santa Claus, but a lot of other stuff. So we investigated for five years. We went on a journey of religious... Uh, I, can, I can't even really explain it because it was all about language and history and uh, archaeology and science and everything. We wanted to know it all. So we took a lot of our time. Literally, I told my wife at the time, I said, I will never be that man that sits down and reads the Bible every day. Just get used to it. She said, well, that's not the man I would have married. Hmm. The next thing I know, I'm like 8, 10, 12 hours a day studying scriptures and texts and languages and Hebrew and Greek and everything else. So it was an interesting journey and brought us to where we are today. Uh, in 2012, I took back my legal birth name after realizing after 45 years of an adopted name that I decided to take my real name back. And uh, we also converted at that time to Judaism. So okay. it, it's been one of those journeys, you might say. So, for so what was your adopted name? My adopted name was Lee. Geiger was what they basically kept me as. Uh, my, my legal name has always been Leland, but 
I was named after a gentleman by the name of Leland A. Best, was my grandfather. Oh, right. And my father's name is James Andrew Best. And I believe it's Andrew, or James Leland Best, one of the two. I think two of ours are reversed. Okay. And I didn't meet my real father, my, you know, my, uh, what would you call it, genetic father? But uh, until I was like blood. 42. Right, okay. So I mean, the similarities between us were amazing. But it came to this realization that I was actually a best for two years before my name was changed legally. Uh, right. Okay. And something for me was just, no, I want to be the person I was born as. So I wanted to take my name back, caused a little bit of a rift with my adoptive family mm -hmm. at the time. Cause they didn't understand what I was doing. I simply wanted my own personality. I just wanted my, it was all about me. It wasn't about them. Mm -hmm. And I still love my family dearly. There are just things that, you know, there are toxicities within families that people have to avoid sometimes. And in my family, that's the case. Yeah. So we tend to just watch out who we hang around and who we stick with. Uh, our families exist in a number of forms, whether they're here at home or on the Internet. So we have a lot of people that we love dearly on the Internet. Biological. Thank you, darling. She gave me the word there. There we go. <laughs> well, um, why were you adopted in the first place? What was the reason? Well, my father supposedly wasn't a very good father. And I don't doubt that he had his issues. Mm -hmm. uh, he admits openly that he wasn't a very good father at the time. They were in college and he ended up leaving uh, the marriage because he had been with other women. Okay. And I have a I have a half brother from another mother, you might say, mm -hmm. uh, who's a year younger than me that I didn't know until I was about thirty five. All right, okay. There was a part of my family that existed all that time, like him and my grandparents and such, that I never got to meet. And I actually just missed out on meeting my grandmother on that side before she passed, but I did meet my great aunt, who was her sister. Right. Which was interesting. So that's yeah. good. That's good. Well, so basically, so what, just out of curiosity, just a question, what, um, you mentioned, you obviously convert, you've converted to Judaism, uh, what didn't you believe or didn't, thought you weren't true, what was the bits you didn't find true or didn't, that you've, obviously to lead you, well, what you were, well, in, 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 your, in your investigation, just out of curiosity, just like pick one or two things yeah. if you can, you know. And it can be polished or it can be raw. And Ramsey, it's, it's a very, this is the kind of uh, treacherous ground some people tend to stray from because they don't like to talk about these things. But Dang, I think the ones that, you're, you're the ones that got us the best. Sorry, you're, I, I you're, didn't hear you. You're unleashed. Come on, man. This is the, no, keeping, it, keeping it real, right, man. Good. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. Well, let's go. All right. This is where it comes down to for us. Mm -hmm. The Old Testament, as it's known by most Christians, is not old, and it's not an Old Testament. It's the Hebrew Bible, which has been revamped in Christian circles to be interpreted in a much different way than it is in Jewish circles. So when you look at the Hebrew Bible, which are the original books from uh, the five books of Moses all through the prophets and, and several other books besides, uh, and even those that the Catholic Church either omitted or submitted uh, themselves, are all relative. And if you look at them as a whole, Christianity says that over 300 prophecies have been fulfilled in the Old Testament, which honestly, by Jewish law, have already been fulfilled by other people in other ways, shapes, and forms. Um, beyond that, what we find is Paul taught a Christianity that was much different than the Jewish belief that Jesus preached, which was that of following God's commandments 
and loving thy neighbor as thyself, which is actually a Levitical command from Leviticus 18.19. And it goes back to the, the historicity of Jesus is very hard to uh, envelop and, and prove factually. Uh, beyond that, it's not to say that Jesus wasn't even just maybe an allegory and as a, as a combination of several individuals over time. We find that Paul has written 14 epistles, yet only seven were actually penned by his hand. And others, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, are all pseudonyms, or pseudonyms, however you want to pronounce that, of authors who were not known by that name, but simply wrote in the apostles' uh, stead. So there are a lot of things that when compiled together jointly and then taken in the context of the time, the language, uh, and especially when you look at translations of certain words and verses in Bibles of different um, ratifications, then you realize that there's a lot of hand of men in, involved in these texts, when yet there are still people proclaiming that the King James Bible is the Word of God and there is no other. So you have to be careful uh, with what you believe nowadays, I think, with the fact there are so many differences in testimony and, and belief. Uh, there's 30,000 different Christian denominations. There's several dozen Jewish denominations. And there's other religions around the world that all have a way to God. Yes, and I think, we need to re I think we need to respect the fact that everyone's revelation of God is different. And whichever path you choose to take to find your connection to that spiritual element in your life is your business. It's not about what other people believe or say or do, but you should always know your own faith and study it out well enough so that you understand it fully and that you're not just a blind follower of faith. Uh, and that's what we tend to follow is the truth over whatever someone tells you you should believe. That's really the matter at whole. Well, that's good. Interesting. As I say, if you're listening to this, and maybe you agree or disagree with Leyland in, in any way, I'm sure you can connect with him in some way or form, and you can have a, an, an informal discussion. It's always good to he healthy debates or whatever. You know what I mean? So, uh, but we're gonna, before we come to the next part of uh, Leyland's background in life and, and things he's doing, we're going to take a wee break. We've got our new feature on a regular basis on the show which is a 60-second singing tip from Benita Charles, benitacharles.com. She's based in New York. She's been providing like music and things to play. She used to sing. Uh, so it's about 60 seconds moti uh, motivation, singing tip and a motivation kind of segment. Um, got some music from Claire Means and uh, I've got a, 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 sing a song from Lisa Moen, Trucks Are For Girls, so it's going to be quite good. Country music and Claire Means, who's very popular, she's in California. She does always on Periscope and performing. So, uh, we'll be back after 60 second tips and a song from Claire Means. And uh, in fact, we'll do, we'll do Claire Means, and we'll come back with Leyland after this. So, uh, hold on to your hats, and we'll be back with the man, the best by name, by nature. That was really cheesy, wasn't it? <laughs> You still there? <laughs> that was really cheesy. <laughs> How long are you out for? Four minutes? Uh, we'll be, yeah, we will, literally four minutes. We'll be back in a minute, back in four minutes. Mm. Oh, okay. Cool. Hi, this is Benita Charles from BenitaCharles.com on Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders with your 60 second singing tip. Today's tip is about procrastination. According to Dictionary.com, procrastination is the act or habit of putting off or delaying, especially something requiring immediate attention. Procrastination can cost you your time, your money, your career, and your dreams. 
The best way to combat procrastination is with action. Take one small step towards your dreams every day and watch what happens. Just get started. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for the next 60 second singing tip on Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders on heartsonglive.co.uk. Heartsong Live Radio, your favorite online gospel radio station in Scotland. Maybe I've never loved. It could be true, but I swear to God that I cared about you. Maybe I don't know just what love is. You are for your hand, and I give you my fist. I'm a fiery one, yes it's true, but I'm not that devil in your church. from KingdomBeats.com Proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders on HeartsongLive.co.uk
Welcome back to Ramsey and East Government Borders uh, with my guest Leland Best all the way from Michigan, USA. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get my teeth in there, brain connection. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> let's uh, talk a bit more about your life. We've obviously covered your spiritual journey. We covered you the reason yep. why you had that. Why what happened regarding your your drug addiction. Let's talk about uh, things in the beginning. More let's talk about growing up. Uh, where you grew up and obviously young the, guy, huh? the, the young the young the young LB <laughs> and you obviously well, I mean if you you can talk about obviously your divorces I mean people go through divorce and maybe some divorces are messier than others some are quite amicable especially if there's kids involved so that's good to you can talk about the young oh, LB yeah. and talk about things Thank like you. that okay well I'll try to abridge most of it and make it kind of a short form uh, bio I guess but mm. Uh, I was born and raised here in Michigan. I've never really moved anywhere outside of the state. I've only been to a couple of uh, the borders here when it comes to uh, crossing international realms. So I've only really been to Canada and either end of the country. Never been to Mexico, uh, but grew up in a very loving rural type uh, suburb community outside of Detroit, uh, just about an hour north of that main downtown. And it is my primarily a farming community. I grew up on both ends of the spectrum, though. I was born in the heart of the thumb where it's cattle and grain and sugar beets and a lot of corn. Uh, but I was also moved down to the General Motors area because my father uh, migrated down into Oakland County as a young individual out of the Vietnam War and decided he wanted to be on the line and, and build cars. So we ended up near the city. Yet all my family were mostly country farmers, like you mentioned. And in that dichotomy, we we had separations and differences and uh, differing opinions. But we got to see them every weekend because at the time, gas was like 30 cents to the gallon. And, you know, I was just a young 30, buck. I was 30 cents was to the, the gallon. Cane. Yeah, it was at the time. <laughs> so you could drive anywhere you wanted. Uh, <laughs> drive around the world for like about ten dollars or something. Yeah, <laughs> my first my first car was a 1976 Grand Le Mans Safari station wagon. I call it because that's what it was. <laughs> like the longest named vehicle and probably the longest vehicle ever made. Um, but it was fun. Uh, we grew up in an era of the 70s and the 80s that, like they sing about in all the songs, we drank from a, a garden hose and we all made it out okay. You know, no seat belts. Um, they, were, they, were, they were literally able to drink in the automobiles at the time we were growing up, uh, which, of course, led us as young kids to be a little rambunctious. Uh, you know, we had our times in high school. I was very well educated in high school because I paid attention. Mm -hmm. But I called myself an academic burnout at the time because I was smoking marijuana as a high school kid. And we had a smoking lounge on either end of the high school. Right. So if you were 18, you could step outside and smoke. Well, the first day in high school at 15, I'm standing outside in the smoking lounge with a bunch of my friends. And we're huffing away on a cigarette. And I throw it down. I turn around. I look up. And the glass door, here's the principal staring me right in the face. And I'm like... Okay, that's not cool. <laughs> can't be good. <laughs> well, he, he sends me to the office. He says, get down to the office. And I, I turn and I walk away from him. I said, okay, fine. And he goes out and investigates the rest of the area. Well, he comes back 20 minutes later to the principal's office and says, oh, you, you were, you're here. I'm surprised. <laughs> like most people just run off and, you know, never show up. Well, 
it formed a bond between the two of us that never uh, faltered throughout my high school days. And so by the time I was in my senior year, I was doing a lot of math with the same teacher I had in junior high. And I was an independent study in computers for 30 minutes or more. And I just enjoyed it. I had a ball. And began teaching while I was in high school, kids on computers. Wow. And then ended up as an accountant. I used to do, actually, the books for the Detroit Lions through a private accountant here in Lake Orion, Michigan. And my good accountant friend, who happened to have the same birthday I did, was twice my age when I was 18. He was 36. Uh, came on with this really severe cancer that attacked his legs and uh, killed him within a month. And it was really a shock to all of us. But it took me from that public accounting business to General Motors, where I was paying disbursements for the designers at General Motors that were designing. Actually, people from your neck of the woods. Uh, are you familiar with a company known as Hotel Whiting? No, I don't. Over there? No, never heard of them. Well, they were designing the Corvette back in the 80s for General Motors out of uh, the UK. And there were bills upon bills upon bills that had not gotten paid over years of time uh, while they were designing them back in the 80s, 84 through 86. Well, I was the one assigned as a contract employee to General Motors to go through all these invoices. And at the time, I was paying $5 million a month of GM's money trying to figure out where all their design money had to go and clear all these accounts. And I gave away $5 million one day to this guy from the UK that came over as a chartered accountant and asked for all the books. So in that course of things, I actually was in a motorcycle accident. Oh, it was good. just a, I'd handed this guy his money. And they didn't understand. They needed me at work. I was laid up. They found a way to get me out because I was spending too much of their money. <laughs> basically, <laughs> that. So the, this is a good way to get Leland out the door. So they basically said, sorry, if you can't make it into work, we're going to have to let you go. I was like, okay, well, that's whatever. I could have probably sued him, but I didn't. I took up a job out of the newspaper for $4.75 an hour running blueprints for an engineering firm. Mm -hmm. and so I was starting over. And I went from the ground up, started on the board when AutoCAD was in its infancy, uh, I got on the computers as soon as I could. I told myself I was always going to get paid to draw because I loved to draw. And that's what I did for 25 years as a civil designer. Um, built projects from the ground up like Kmart, Builder Square, CBS, Rite Aid. We did several large uh, structure developments as well in the retail and commercial space for years. In 1995, I went out on my own and created my own design company and ran that for 15 years. So... Once I got to a point where I was a little bit bored with the design end of things and the CAD work that I was doing, I basically fell out of it uh, around 2000 when I went through a divorce, like you'd mentioned. Uh, but it wasn't working out, so we changed the tune. But there's something specific you'd like to know. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, well, what, uh, I mean, when did, what, what age were you when you got married? You've been two divorces, haven't you? Yes, I have. 2000 was my first divorce from a woman I was married to for 11 years and had two children with. Right. And that divorce was mostly my fault. I, I would say we never really got along and we, we irked it on for 11 years longer than we should have uh, if we should have really been married at all. But we have two beautiful children uh, who 
regardless of how things have come about, haven't received their father as much as could have possibly been, uh, thanks to the workings of several things. And that's one, the other parent, uh, the court system. Uh, I did everything I could to fight for my kids, but that just didn't seem to work. Uh, there was no no good avenue to follow. I was pro per. I couldn't afford an attorney, so I did everything on my own. I've, I've literally been in the court system for almost 20 years, uh, pro per, fighting for my kids' rights along with my own. And it's been a struggle. Um, the second divorce was after I found out my wife was a felon thief. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Trumps. That kind of trumped everything. So when I separated from that, uh, both of them kind of went on the rampage together. And then I had to fight off uh, two ex-wives, basically. And I received more insult from injury with my third child uh, from the second marriage, right. who I haven't seen since he was seven. And he'll now, he's going to be 18 in about another year and a half. Wow. Well, about in, actually. So he was born in 2002. So he'll be 17 this year. Wow. Yeah, and he's found me online. He knows where I'm at, and he professes his love to me online when he can see me, but his mother keeps him away from any contacts on social media, uh, any delivery of emails, written mail, telephone calls. It, it's pathetic stuff, but right. it's what the courts let him get away with nowadays in a lot of cases, Ramsey. I hate to say it. Mm. Uh, I see it going around, around the world in uh, several different countries as well. So yeah. It's not just out there. There's a lot of a lot of men that would love to be with their kids that are not getting that opportunity they should. Exactly, exactly. It is a very messy situation, and especially over here as well. There's a, lot of, there's a, a group on Facebook called Fathers for Justice who basically just want to try and see their kids, basically. But it's just, it's weird. You'd think in the, with it does take two to tangle, so to speak. Uh, it, you would think that why does everything side with one and not both because technically it's, if it doesn't it, the kid's not going to be born without the male technically so it's not rocket science it's not they have a biology lesson you know what I mean so you do wonder why it's more a lot of it is very one sided when for the guy for the, especially for some cases I know every case is different and but why the men they want to see the fathers who want to see their kids but they just can't and they're climbing the walls and it costs them an arm and a leg and you think with the money they spend on courts and law that mm -hmm. money could be going towards the, seeing their kid without having to miss out these kind of miss, miss, take these problems away. That means they could see the kid, they yeah. could provide the, more money for the kid. All that money is just going to spending paying a lawyer or whatever. But that money could be going easily towards the child's upbringing and these a potential and a better circumstances. You do wonder, but it's just a crazy world we live in. Crazy world. Oh, yeah, and I agree, Ramsey. It's just one of those situations, like you just mentioned, it, the money that's being used against fathers and the techniques that are being authorized by courts. Uh, I'll give you a rundown of what I mean by that. Okay. Last, last October uh, 2017, I should say, I was in court to reduce my child support because we lost an income stream that we had over here that we relied upon for several years. And in doing so, that's my legal right to go in and say, look, I'm having a financial difficulty. I need to reduce my support for a given period of time until I can get back on my feet and let you know when that is. Well, that went through court from October to December. 
I received the new orders that stated, here's what you're going to pay for this period of time and just let us know when your circumstances change. The ex went to the court filing a stipend order, which was to say that I agreed upon something with her in regards to moving the court file from Saginaw County to Kent County, which I didn't do, obviously, because I don't even speak to the woman anymore. She's been in and out of jail several times since we've divorced, and it's just one of those fiascos that she decided to try and pull with the court that said, here's the letter that he signed to say it's okay to send the file over to Kent, which is where she lives. I tried to do it a year before because I was the only one available. We couldn't even find her at the time. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, you can't move the case to the courthouse, which is literally three houses down from me. And I would have been able to maintain track of the records. Well, in notifying them every time of where her whereabouts were, because she never would, by law you're supposed to do so, Mm -hmm. I kept finding out where she was and letting the courts know where she was located in some fashion or another, whether it was because she'd been jailed or what have you. Well, in the end, March comes along, and I start receiving letters in my mailbox saying, we'd like to represent you from Schuster & Schuster Law Firm for this felony case that you've been warranted or bench warranted on. And I'm like, what? What do you mean there's a bench warrant out for me? I don't know what you're talking about. So I call these attorneys to find out. Then I call the court clerk, which I'm very familiar with her. So I spoke with the court clerk to find out what was up. She told me the attorney general had filed a warrant for the arrearage that was on the account from 10 years previous while I was unemployed. It's an arrearage that has never been addressed by the courts. It's always been left to meander as a trailing amount of money that's left behind with no payments ever being made to the arrearage based on the order. And let me just say, when you talk to the attorney general to say, hey, why am I getting a bench warrant put on me? And no one answers except for coming by Monday morning to arrest you and throw you in jail and say $3,500 cash to get your butt out, there's a problem. Good grief. So So that's where I was at. And that's where it's – I've been waiting now a year and a half to go to trial over this. Seriously? When we could have settled – yeah, I'm I'm still waiting. My trial comes up in March. Right, okay. For something you didn't – it could have been settled a long time ago. Oh, easily. Easily. Should have never even been in jail. I don't even. (laughs) It's just one of those situations. It's really weird. Well, we're going to take a brief break and we're going to talk about, because you have talked about you were in the fire service or you were. Yes, sir. Yeah, and we'll talk about that afterwards. And we'll also talk about your book that you recently published last year as well. Absolutely. It was just a couple of months ago. Months ago. Anyway, uh, but but, uh, we're going to take another song Uh, Lisa Moen. This is Trucks Are for Girls. We'll come back with Leland, talk about the fire service and uh, talk about his new book that he's published. And then you can, uh, he'll have a final word. We'll talk about where people can connect with Leland um, and then we'll wrap it up from there. So uh, we'll back after Truck Surfer Girls by Lisa Moen. Check my makeup and flip my curls Silly boy 
chucks are for girls Well, my daddy taught me right When he showed me how to drive Too bad I wasn't the boy he always wanted He said to keep it straight and steady And the engine revving high So jump in now, I won't leave you By four, shift it too low, put it straight to the floor. Check my makeup and flip my curls. Silly boys, trucks are for girls. I'm just a country girl with a big set of wheels. It doesn't have to be a big deal. So saddle up, boy, come on, let's go. Heartsonglive.co.uk, your inspirational station. And welcome back to Ramsey Lynch, going to be on Borders on Heartsonglive.co.uk with my guest Leland Best, uh, all the way from Michigan, USA. So you're still surviving, you're not kind of like falling off the perch yet, no? No, I'm still here. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So let's talk about, your, you were in the fire service, uh, talk about that. Yes, sir. And then we can talk about your book that you published, and then we can where people tell us where people can connect with you. If you want to hire your services and uh, and maybe have you on their show. Sounds great. Um, it was kind of an incidental for me. I it, it was about the time I was in my second marriage, or just prior to it really taking off, that I was in Saginaw, Michigan, and there was offerings available for some new volunteer hires in the local fire department, which served uh, Cotchville was the actual town that I was in at the time because we were handling the uh, dorm apartments for SVSU or Saginaw Valley State University and all the kids that were moving in at the time. And my wife at the time had the manager's job, so we stayed on site. I needed something to do, so I decided to go through the academy and just as we had started the academy, 9-11 took place. So this tells you when I was in the fire department. It was very traumatic for those in New York, obviously, to lose the hundreds of firefighters that they did during that incident. So for me, it was like, okay, what did I get myself into here? <laughs> I was right in the middle of all the training. But I managed to graduate with a firefighter one and two status, along with some airport training and some DNR wildland fire training. So I'm very well certified in most of the aspects. Got to drive fire trucks and all that other fun stuff. But uh, about three years in or four years in, 
I experienced a, a, a fire that kind of changed my attitude a little bit, though. The only reason I really left the fire department was because I moved out of the jurisdiction. But I have a lot of respect for those firemen out there who spend, especially those on the 24, you know, three days, four days, uh, which means they're on three days or four days and off for three or four days straight because they stay in the firehouse 24-7. Those guys separate themselves from their families all the time, and they risk their lives every day when they go out on the field. I experienced a few of those possible um, losses of life myself. I was in a flashover one day where my partner and I climbed up from the front of a building, the front of the house, onto the, the porch landing, which was uh, a canopy over top of the porch, and we were coming into the second story through a window. Well, another fire team from another jurisdiction were on the other end of the building, and we're coming in, attacking the fire with water from that end. And just as we got to the glass, the steam that was created in the second story blew the glass window out in front of us. And my partner suffered a pretty heavy smoke inhalation uh, at the time, and I had to get him off the roof and down to, to SAS, which was the special teams that were available to assess uh, the people like the fire department and the police officers. And so I had to go back up, and we had my captain and I were in the building. We were poking away at the ceilings, getting uh, basically the burnable structures opened up so that we could see where the fire was at. And there's a point in a fire where it reaches a certain peak temperature, which is around 410 degrees, that everything just flashes. And things get hot very quickly when fire is burning, obviously. But we saw the smoke get sucked down into the walls. And that's a sure sign that the fire is trying to breathe and because it is a living entity. And when it took that breath, we knew we had to get out. So I told everyone on the other squads to run out the other side of the building. I was the only one on this end uh, that was left. And just as I climbed out the window, I had one leg out. The entire second story went up in flames. So I had to roll off the roof, basically. <laughs> Find the ladder real fast. But <laughs> it was a close call. So... I realized at that time I had kids, very young kids, as I mentioned, and I just I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, even though I knew I could physically, there was something in me that changed that said, you know, this is, isn't my lifestyle. It's not my type of job to to live out as a as a career. So I, I changed my mind. I went into fire restoration instead, which was cleaning up after the fact. So I was certified in fire and water damage restoration and mold remediation and things of that nature. Moved to Kalamazoo. There you go. Fantastic. So tell us about your book. You've just published a book as well. Yes. What, 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 uh, that what, was, is your first book, yeah? Uh, yeah, it is actually. I've written a lot of stuff in the past when it came to my religious uh, adventure there, mm -hmm. which again, it was it was a religious thing that we, we let go of and remained spiritual. So it was that experience that helped me continue to write. But I went into the live streaming industry and video production, which I'd done in the 80s as well, which we didn't mention. But it was just stuff I did for a couple of years in high school and public television. So hmm. for me, it was like a natural transition into this. And I wrote this book based on my experience going back into the 80s and 90s as well. And it's called Best's Guide to Livestream Video Broadcasting. But it can be found at bestliveguide.com. It's not very hard to locate online. 
but it's available on Amazon. It's a 106-page manual that I put together as a guide to tell people what type of computer they can build and how to create their own basement studio, you might say, in their own home or office to help their brand develop and and maintain a strategy in video production on social media. So it's been that's quite, its primary. Has it been quite successful? Have you had lots of purchases? Yeah, I mean, as far as the book goes, it's not something that I tend to worry so much about it making money. I, I really wrote it for my own sake to know that I could write a book. And in that, I've both shared, given away, sold, and provided just as a template for my own video productions to teach at Amy Carrier's classroom that uh, concept of building one studio. And I think it's common knowledge that everyone should have available to them. So I, I help people more with the production and, and consulting end and get paid for that rather than just the book itself. Okay, cool. Do you, do you uh, plan to... In the future, uh, maybe stretch it, well, maybe with you and your, the what Mrs. B, you fancy stretching your wings a bit further in the field by flying across, over the water into the UK at all at some point? Yeah, I'd love to, honestly, Fraser, because we're working so closely with people overseas in various countries, whether it's the UK, whether it's Sweden, Italy, who I have very good friends with, Nazim Beltran, as you're aware, mm -hmm. uh, people over in Southeast Asia and Pakistan that also want me to come visit at any given point. Uh, my wife has a fear of flying, but we're hoping at some point in our lives that we can both take a trip here and there to meet some people that we've been introduced to here on social media. So yeah, maybe, looking to it one day. Maybe you can just do what the A-team did with B.A. Barakas because he hated flying and they just knocked him out, <laughs> drugged him, for, just put, put him to sleep and he was fine. They woke up and he was at the destination. That could be an option. Remember, you ever you ever watched the A team? Do you remember the A team? You're you're, you're older. How old are you? You're older than me, aren't you? You're I'm fifty three this year. Fifty three. So you're, you've got ten years on me. So I used to watch the A team a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's about eighty. So you can maybe just do that connection. Just uh, hi, just should put her to sleep, and she wakes up where, where you, in your destination. She wouldn't know a thing that's happened. It'd be great. Even even my wife, just to throw this out there, Fraser, because she's one that's also on her own journey as well. Okay. She's gone through of things in her life that have put her in a position of no prescriptions, no drugs, right. no alcohol, no smoking, no nothing. She's a very uh, well-maintained individual, and she just has some fears that she's still working out. So Interesting. Mm. But what, so what, does your wife, well, we could, we could maybe at some point, maybe Mrs. B could uh, come and do an interview sure. later on in the in the future and talk about yep. her, her, her journey. It seems like it could be quite interesting with all the stuff, especially with fear, well, as I say, fears of flying and things like arachnophobia and all that kind of stuff and people have it in general, it's good to talk about these things as well, because uh, people go through them in day-to-day -day lives, not through choice but uh, well, where can people can connect with you, where can people find you online, where can people buy your book where can people buy your services etc, etc well, the easiest way to find me, honestly is to just type my name in Google Leland Best, and what you should find off to the right is a call button for me which connects to my Google Voice number it may get confused in the search engines with the Leland, or the uh, Best Western Hotel in Leland, North Carolina but that's just a fluke because we fight over SEO on the front page of Google all the time But right. uh, I've done a lot of things that have shown up on the front page of Google but bcblive.com is my current website lelambest.com is down currently for revamping so uh, that will be available soon as well but 
for now, it's all about the Best Conceptions Broadcasting site, and uh, that contains links to just about anything live streaming, and most of my productions show up there at one point or another, uh, but you can always reach me at Leland at bcblive.com. Cool. You want to give us a final word? Sure, Fraser. I think, if anything, what you do here is fantastic. I love the fact that you're broadcasting from overseas to all over the world and putting people that are starting to cross boundaries uh, in this fashion on the limelight because we're finding that people can talk about real life better when it's outside of the norm, which is typically the, the mainstream medias that we see nowadays. The, the stories just aren't right anymore, Fraser. we got to yeah. bring real life to the mic and the cameras on our own in order for people to see truth anymore. So glad to be here. Oh, thank you for your time. And to everyone who's been listening and watching on Facebook Live as well, uh, you can obviously watch the replay on Facebook Live. You can watch the Instagram as a podcast. All Leland's links will be in the show notes as the podcast. Uh, I want to say thank you to Leland and thank you to everyone who's been listening and on the replay. And as I say, till next week, we have uh, Nico C. Austin next week, uh, who set up a plus-size modelling company. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, her, her journey as well um, and what she does. And then after that, we have Brent Mann from BrentMannMusic.com, a country gospel singer who's in from Canada and resides in uh, Tampa, Florida. So we'll be talking about him and his music. And we've got many, many good more guests coming up. So uh, as I say, tune in each week, each Saturday on Ramsey and Leash Going Beyond Borders on heartsonlive.co.uk. And we will catch up with you next week. Bye-bye now. Right, we're